Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Sugar and Silk, brought to you exclusively by Ace Podcast Nation. My name is Ben Doughty. My name is Michael Silkolajide. First things first, Michael and ladies and gentlemen, we, we were hoping to bring you former WBC light heavyweight champion of the world, John Conte, joining us for this show. And I still hope we can do that, but we don't have John right now because he appears to have been laid by something or other. I can't get hold of him quite simply. So um, that's it. I think it was something. I think it was more than the other than something that delayed. Okay. Well, we could debate that for a long time. And typically, Michael, you no doubt have some really bizarre take on it, which nobody else happens to to think, you know, (laughs) and it never even thought of before. It never even occurred to them. But you think it's not something. It tends to be the other. This is you could probably form the basis of an entire fistic and life philosophy theory off the back (laughs) of that. I don't doubt that for a second. Yeah, 100%. But he's uh, so looking forward to it. And, you know, I hope we get a chance to speak to him today. He's such an interesting story. And um, being born in Liverpool, both of us from Liverpool, we do have a very interesting connection that uh, I wanted to see if he actually, uh, if he remembers. I'm sure he does. It, it ain't over till it's over. And I was I particularly looking forward to introducing you two to each other as well. You know, yeah, um, I've never met him before. And of course, he's a legend. Sure. So, I mean, I, I was with John on Thursday night and everything was fine. So he's also uh, very reliable uh, as a rule. So uh, stay with us, guys. Stay tuned. I mean, I know you watch us anyway because we're that fascinating and mesmerizing that we don't need former world champions to, to make this viable product. But stay tuned, and we hope hopefully John will be joining us at some point within the hour. Michael, main talking point in any case, Joe Joyce came crashing into his first defeat last night. It yeah. was an upset as far as, the, you know, in terms of perception. It was an upset absolutely in terms of the gambling odds. But it didn't surprise you unduly from what I can gather. No, it didn't surprise me that much. And first of all, I, I know, let me just say to Joe Joyce, I feel really sorry for him. You can tell he's a good person. He's a good spirit, good egg. And, um, you know, 
there was just nothing he could do about it because Zhang offered him things that he never. It appeared like he'd never seen before. Um, Joe seemed very robotic, very predictable. After the left, throw the right, he didn't move his head at all. At all. Even after you, yeah, I like mean, generally, even even the <laughs> yeah, like when you get hit, some guys have to get hit first, then they move their head. He didn't even move his head after he got hit dead in the face, and I'm like. This is just not making sense. Like, how how do you, because he's big and athletic and powerful, and so he's he's overwhelming a lot of guys. But when you get to the upper echelon and you're dealing within the top ten, every fighter has these subtleties you have to pay attention to. And this guy Zhang is like what two hundred and what seventy two hundred sixty five pounds. Two hundred seventy eight. Okay, so and, and no and no matter what he's when he hits you it hurts and you have yeah. to move your face out of the way particularly if he can't miss you i mean everybody's has made a point of the fact he couldn't miss with that straight left down the pipe and when he yeah, yeah. He, he usually threw it on its own the straight left um yeah. but when he came back with the lead right hook he was really yeah. putting joyce in in some bother you know with that yeah. and um yeah. I like the way Zhang paced himself because he he had such a nonchalant swagger the way he went about that particular yeah, yeah. demolition. Yeah. And he's, 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 he's not defensively Wilfred Benitez, but he had that constant salute that he likes, you know, the little yeah. catch with, with his yeah, lead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, and he knew when to ease off. Joyce Joyce's work rate was greater pretty much throughout. And you've got to, you've got to hand it to Joyce for trying to bite down on the sure. mouthpiece trying to turn it around in a rockiest kind of fashion, yeah, but yeah, he was yeah. just getting pinged up all, all night yeah. by, you know, the, I think that for a man who's 39, he was pacing himself. His work rate was just, it was just conservative, but very effective, Zhang. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Zhang is, I mean, you can obviously see he's an artisan with his hands, you know what I mean? He's a, he's a, he knows what he wants to throw, when he wants to throw it, and he has no problem releasing his hands. He doesn't have to think about it. It's just like a laser, bat. That left hand turned over, let it go, and and Joe practically walked into it. It wasn't, it wasn't even target practice because it was just this stationary thing in front of him. All he had to do is reach his hand out, and he nailed him. And and Zhang also, for a big man, has good foot movement, like good body positioning. He gets to the right angles that he wants to do damage on, and he works in combination. And he's not predictable. Like it's not just like the same one and the two, one and the two. Because what happens with fighters, after a while, you just you get used to that. You know, after you throw the left, here comes the right. So you see a lot of guys slip punches, and it's only because they know that a fighter is predictable. After the left comes the straight right, comes the left hook. So when you see a fighter slip a punch, it's generally only because they know, I know he's going to throw a left, a right hand after he throws that left. Next, yeah, anticipation and habits. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and so, so the guys you see that are – the greatest fighters are the complex combination punchers, and they're unpredictable in their combinations. Take a look at Duran. Duran will like he'll flick a jab and then come back with a left hook or a left uppercut and a right hand. They're yeah, unpredictable. Yeah. So you have to stay exactly in tune in the moment in order to beat these guys. Same with Sugar Ray Robinson. Same with Muhammad Ali. Same with Roy Jones. They're just not predictable, and those are the hardest Absolutely. to fight. Yeah, and even. Even Mike Tyson, when he first took the world by yeah. storm, it's really? become a trademark today. But it was yeah. very rare at the time. Andrew Dundee mm -hmm. said he'd never seen that. You know that um, the right hook to the ribs, the right uppercut to the jaw, and then the left hook to the head. 
He said, I oh, have never yeah. seen a combination like that in my life. Um, you know, when he was in the corner with Trevor <laughs> Burbick. These days, it's your, you see yeah. all the types of imitators with their solid black trunks and their kind of peekaboo head movement. Yeah, yeah. And they all do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But, but that was uh -huh. a new, that was outside the box in Iron Mike's young days. You know, yeah. that right hook to the ribs and a yeah. right uppercut in the middle. Yeah? Uh -huh. Which people would yeah, expect to get hit like that. Yeah. Um, the uppercut is one of the... Worse, if not, I believe it's the worst punch to get hit with in boxing because it absolutely works against gravity. Like you know what I mean? You're here and you come up and 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 you either like get lifted up off the ground or it breaks something. And generally, it breaks something: nose, jaw, tooth, uh, eye socket, whatever it is. If you get hit with an uppercut in the face, it's breaking something. So it's it's uh, you know it's just not a and especially even to the ribs uh, we call i call you know you lift the skirt wow, you bring that up and all the ribs come up up into you know yeah. you're definitely breaking ribs or you're you know collapsing the solar plexus one of the two we've said positive things about zhang's performance last night <laughs> on the flip side is it a something of an indictment of the modern era that a guy who's 39 can do that kind of effortless dismantling job of a guy who's supposed to be one of the premier heavyweights in the world, build as such and hyped as such. I think that that's accurate, Ben, but I also think that we gave a little bit too much to Joe Joyce. You know, I think we can actually say, you know, the fact that he's rated in the top 10, he's considered one of the top guys to fight for the title, tells you a lot because in any other day and age, he's not the measure of you know what I mean? Oh, listen. Neither would Zhang be, right? Neither would Zhang be. Where, where would Zhang have been, do you think, in the 1970s? Yeah, he, yeah he, he'd be a little more – he's plodding. He's he's kind of like that uh, – like a brontosaurus. You know what I mean? If you want to look at it in in, in, in prehistoric uh, – in a prehistoric no. way. He's, he's, he's kind of like a brontosaurus. He's like there. He's heavy in this. You know, but, but he does – there's something about him that he's unpredictable. He's able to let his hands go when he needs to. And and he's and he's accurate, uh, you know. And um, he's able to throw more than like the basic punches. He has more to him than than. Yeah, well, he had a game no. plan. He had a, he had a game plan, and, mm -hmm. and knew how to execute it. Whereas Joyce had no game plan whatsoever, apparently. And Carl Frampton, who I'm not a big fan of, but he came up with a great line last night when he said it looked like he never saw a southpaw before. Never mind Sparber one. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, um, there, there are many different ways to fight southpaws, and the most important thing is you have to let your hands go against them. <laughs> if you're not throwing, if you're hesitant with anybody, orthodox or southpaw, they're going to run over you. You have to give them something to think you about. Know, you have to something to worry about. You know what? Yeah, I, I think the the when you're dealing with a novice boxer, I think that move to your left and keep your foot outside, if they can, is probably the best advice. I think it tends to work more often than not at that novice level, when you get someone who's freaked out by that southpaw stance and, and doesn't understand the antidote to it. But when you get into the more, you know, complex realms of elite boxing, you, you know that plenty of people break those rules. Orthodox and southpaw fighters break those rules because mm -hmm. they can't be as predictable as to follow that obvious blueprint of circling in one direction and throwing their, what they call a backhand these days all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. remember Ali versus Carl Mildenberger was going <laughs> to his right all the time yeah. And hitting him first with it, with his own right hand because he yeah. had the speed to to gamble on pulling the trigger quicker than Mildenberger could pull it, and Ali definitely was not circling to his left against um, mm -hmm. against Mildenberger at all. Um, and he didn't really. I don't think Ali fought another southpaw except for Mildenberger, did he? Uh, no, he didn't. 
so um, no, Dunn wasn't a, Dunn. Richard Dunn wasn't a southpaw, was he? Richard Dunn wasn't. Uh, no, so, so he was. Sorry, he was. Good call. Yeah. Because, okay. because his wife at the press conference in Munich said he'll beat Ali because he's a southpaw, and Ali said, yeah, "Southpaw, eastpaw, westpaw, northpaw. He ain't. He got two chances, slim and none, or something <laughs> like that." You know. Uh, so you're right. Yeah. It, 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 Richard Dunn was a southpaw, so I think he fought the two southpaws, Dunn and Mildenberger. Yeah. Um, it's funny that there wasn't a, a heavyweight champion, a world heavyweight champion, until Michael Mora, who, who was coming out of the portsider stance, which is quite unusual because in most divisions you've seen them have that occurrence a lot earlier in the division's yeah. history but they've never been i suppose it's never been a big thing in in the heavyweight division the way it has been in other divisions you know you never really it's it's very interesting to me I, from my history in watching boxing and knowing how people learn and then knowing what we have as human like as human beings we're left handed we're right handed it doesn't make sense to me even though i fought orthodox my whole life why the right hand is saved and you use your you have to condition your left hand that's your most used punch when actually yeah. more people like the majority of people should be southpaw it shouldn't be the other way around like the majority of people are orthodox but somebody i know somebody but put something the strong in hand team. should be the lead hand yes exactly yeah I, that should I, be i, I don't idea. think that the reason the only reason i don't think that is because i never did that and it was wasn't i'm i'm pretty good usually at not blindly yeah. accepting what I was taught when i was an 11 year old but that yeah. is one of the things i'm quite attached to yeah it feels right to me to box out the orthodox stance being right-handed i do everything with my right hand pretty much yeah. except okay, so, so, so if somebody were to give you a pencil and they said to you and you're right-handed and they want you to write something with your right and write something with your left. You've never written with it before. Which hand do you think you're going to write better with? I'm going to use with the right hand, but see, I think it's about being right-footed and where your balance on a back foot as well. I think it, that is plays a part in it. Those, those are both, think... those are both learned things, Ben, both like if you're orthodox with your left foot forward, you learn how to stand and you learn how to balance. So what's and the with difference? your right if if you can develop a great jab and a great left hook when you're not when you're not left-handed and then you can obviously punch naturally hard with your right hand because you've got that leverage and because it's because it's your it's your better hand right what's the problem no, no, what, no. why would you no, be better but, as a but leverage leverage is something like it's a mechanical thing is how you distribute your weight right so you have but your what right difference does it make if the strong hand is forward well, what i'm saying is if your strong hand is forward you have much more dexterity and you um the learning excuse me <coughs> sorry the learning um the way in which you learn is much shorter like once so if if i'm right-handed i'm going to be able to hook off my jab a whole lot easier i'll uppercut off my jab i'll double triple jab a lot easier you see fighters like head to come out you see a lot of southpaws i i know if i know if he was converted i know if michael numb was converted but you'll look at look at southpaw fighters, and they just tend to be have a more um, dexterity. You know what I mean? They have they have better. They're able to throw combinations from different angles. Look, at, I mean Manny Pacquiao, all of them, all southpaws. They yeah. tend um, to be able to do something better than than orthodox fighters are. And orthodox Frank fighters, Frank the animal Fletcher. Frank the animal Fletcher. <clears throat> That's another yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> You're mentioning, I'm saying you're mentioning a bunch of really, you know, elite, elite southpaws. But you know, we yeah. could mention elite orthodoxes like Robinson and Ali and Leonard as well. 
it, it's yeah. an interesting theory. Um, and I could you imagine? Could you imagine if Ali Robinson and Sugar Ray using that methodology were southpaws? That would be bananas. That would be absolutely. So that's your, that's your revelation this week, right? That we can we can cut up <laughs> later. Ali and Robinson would have been twice as good had they been southpaws. Uh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Okay. In any case, um, Joyce, you know, some people were saying, I saw this today, that a lot, or even last night, people were saying that was a miscalculation by Joe, uh, Joe Joyce's brain trust, his management team. That was a crazy match to make. He's forfeited his position now. You know, he was a mandatory, WBL mandatory for Alexander Usyk. He was in good position to, to, to fight Tyson Fury as well. You know, they were, I think people were saying after the Usyk Fury fight collapsed that maybe Fury was thinking about Joyce next time out. So he was well situated until last night when he got busted up, he got his eyes shut, he got demoralised and he got beaten down and now he doesn't, he's not in that position and people are saying they shouldn't have squandered that position. It was too dangerous a fight to take against this, you know, yeah. Yeah. this big dangerous southpaw. But yeah. um, for, for me, I think from a sporting sense, we have to go in that direction to, for the sake of boxing's integrity and for the sake of the, yeah. you know, the, the health of it commercially and everything else. So yeah. That's the way it should work. You know, you make, you make meaningful fights between leading contenders one man wins, one man loses, and, and the other man advances. You know, um, I, I don't think um, I, I don't subscribe to the idea that Joe Joyce's team ought to have swerved that. You know, they, they should have felt their man could win it, and, and that's the way it should be. Well, I think they were maybe a, a little bit too to think their man was going to win and win that fight easy is is was being a little bit too much pie in the sky for one. I think they were overconfident. Yeah, uh, there's no reason why there's no reason why that fight. If I looked at my fighter and I had Joe Joyce, and I looked at Zhang. There's no reason why I wouldn't think it was a fifty-fifty thing. I don't, I don't, I'm not looking at him saying, "Okay, he's 39 years old, he's going to drop off." That's the wrong reason to take a fight. If you think a man, you know, he's he has this pretty incredible record. It's a damn good record. He has all this history behind him. He's not someone new that's going to collapse. And, and even against Hergovic, he, that was a tough fight all the way through. And and yeah. to think that he's not going to get he's not going to get better anymore. He's not learning or he's not stronger or he's going to lose his power and energy and ability. You don't gamble on stuff like that. No. And, and the other thing is, in terms of money, not they didn't that fight didn't happen for the money and that's that's good i mean that's a good thing for boxing people listen joe joyce if he gets his stuff together with his trainers and they get a plan they'll come back it's not like anybody's the only caveat i would raise is joyce is 37 and it was i mean he was relatively fresh and there is something boyish about him his persona uh, and he doesn't have lots of miles on the clock you know he started late as an amateur and he doesn't have lots of professional fights but um but the fact is, that was, exactly his, problem. That was huh? exactly his problem, Ben. That was yeah. exactly his pro Joe Joyce's problem is that he started late and he just he, he wasn't his instincts, his fight instincts haven't been born. And that happens. Yeah. That happens. Like he stayed at one point in his am in his amateur career, I don't know how long it was, or in his professional career, he stayed in his trauma where he was first traumatized. He never got past that. He didn't learn how to handle trauma properly. Yeah. And because of that, he was able he wasn't able to, you know, continue to flourish as a fighter. And that's what happens. I think the same thing happened with Anthony Joshua. The trauma that he got 
at a certain point of his fight, he never got past that. And that's what a trainer's got to do. You got to get your guy past that trauma. You got to learn to, he's got to learn to capitalize on, um, you know, take advantage of an opportunity, turn a bad opportunity into something good, and you'll grow stronger. It's like scar tissue over a cut. You'll get a cut, you get scar tissue. Uh, scar tissue on top of it, you won't get cut there again. It'll be strong. You may get it somewhere else around there, but it's not going to be that same spot. And that's what's important about this. Joe can learn from it, but he needs his trainers need to step up because it's a trainer's job now. This is what they get paid for. We talk about we talk about trainers sometimes leaving something to be desired or perhaps being overrated on occasion, uh, elite level. I mean it. Is that the case? I mean, do you think that there's a, there's definitely a failing that you could see evident in the ring last night, the way the guy couldn't seem to slip a punch to save his life? And you, you, you're working with a guy, Israel, I think his name is Israel or Ismail Salas, who is, is one of those vaunted uh-huh. trainers who has with him a reputation and a bit of mystique and a bit of stardust around him as a coach. Do you think, he, do you yeah. think he's been failed in the gym? I, I think that any time a fighter, a, a world-rated fighter, a top-rated fighter goes in the ring and doesn't put up much of a resistance and is kind of like you're in the ring and they're guessing what they should be doing or they're hesitant about what they should be doing, that's a problem with communication between the trainer and the fighter, nothing else. That That's absolutely 100% the problem. And... Um, there's quickly, no... guys, just quickly, Michael. John Conte just tried to call then. Oh, sweet. I had to cut him out, otherwise. Okay. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, I don't know if we're still on everybody, but um, Ben, I believe, has got the call from John Conte. And we're going to get that conversation underway. I'm sure he's just directing him to the site. So I don't know if I'm online or not. Uh, Michael, we're still still online, my friend. Um, What has happened is um, where Ben has had a phone call, it cuts out his audio. So once he sorts that out, he'll be back on. Okay, but, uh, so I thought I'd just jump in and. Yeah. All right, so are you and I li- live? Still? Yeah, yeah, we're still live, so we're still yeah. good to go. Uh, I think very fast. Back in. Ben is fading in. Uh, you've got no audio, Ben, but that's usually because someone tried to phone you, so you might have to just quickly go out and back in. Yeah, John Context tried oh, to phone go. me. Can you liaise with him? Yeah, I've tried. He's uh, he's not responded. I'll try again now. No, I've just spoke to him now. That's why I went out. He phoned me. It's Simon Sillier. Sorry, guys. John Conte just phoned me, and I knew he would get in. There you go. I think he's just trying to get in, so this is great. Yeah. Can you hear me? You know, was it... uh, I can hear you now. Okay. Um, Now I can hear you. Okay. You're sort of... Fuck's sake. Um, Sorry about this, guys, but we're just trying to get John on. 
time. So is my audio good now? No? Uh, you're, you're coming in and out. I think I maybe should leave and then come back again. Okay. Yeah. I'll keep the show all to myself. Go on. Keep going. Hey, everybody. We're still live, and I guess this is the time when we can um, talk a little bit. You see my name there, Silk, and you know what this is? Twice as sweet as chocolate milk. Okay, that's just the sign. They made up for me when I used to fight, but... Anyway, we're going to try to fill in time as Ben Dowdy is just gone off, coming back, and he's bringing the one, the only legend. I'm back. John Conte, you are back, young man. Okay, yeah. So John, okay. I just spoke to John, and he's trying to get in. He was he was at a meeting, and uh, I don't think he understood it. it was 9 o'clock for some reason, but he's going to come on now as long as he knows what to do. I told him to click on the link. So it's in Simon's hands now. Where were we? We were talking about... Um, Milk, chocolate milk. Oh yeah, they, they, I did hear that. Yeah, you said it. What's the, what's that rhyme again? <laughs> Silk, twice as sweet as chocolate milk. Yeah, <laughs> I you know I thought okay, it's not going to work. But Ben, I, just a, a little bit on the culinary side of things, you really got to try this: banana and avocado, avocado, and you have to mix them together. And yeah. I swear to God, it's one of the healthiest, energizing, filling snacks you can have. So you mix it, yeah, because I like bananas and avocados separately, you know, in their own right. So yeah, I'm up for that. Could you um, could you, could you make a smoothie with them as well? Oh, absolutely. My son hates it when I make avocado smoothies. They're like, it's a vegetable. I'm like, no. Come yeah. On. But yeah, they're really good. Like with crushed ice with um, with uh, milk or you know almond milk, bananas, good yeah. stuff. Sounds good. I'll get on that. Nutrition is something we should talk about some of the time, you know. Although I think the, um, I think yeah. you think it's probably overrated, like a lot of things today. When people talk about nutrition, you were saying that mm -hmm. um, in the old days, um, that a, a, a potato was a potato. You said in the 1950s, where you said these days, it has to be organic for it to be natural. So what the heck is going on there? <laughs> yeah, I never get it. You know. Um... Yeah, food isn't exactly what it's. Everything's convenience now, right? And and um, they make these pseudo yeah. foods and what have you, and they say they're good for you and it's got ingredients. But if you ever want to do anything in terms of like your nutrition, as long as it, the best thing you can do is just go natural. It's the best thing you can do for yourself. I mean, so how, you how do you do that to, in today's market? You know, when you talk about natural food, you mean you mean meat as well? Like you believe in meat, like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like red meat, good. chicken, yeah? yeah, the whole thing, meat. chicken, beef. Yeah, yeah, um, red meat, fish. I don't eat. Oh, here we there go. We go. There we oh, go. All right, Ben. How's it going, John? Are you, all right? you okay? Yeah, thank you. Hey, how you doing, John? Well, hi, hi, Silk. <laughs> this, so is, this is Michael Larger Day, who was a former world class middleweight. Yeah, hi. Oh, and, hi, Michael. Hey, how you doing, John? Good, yeah, and, great. And he's from the same city as you, John. He's from Liverpool, so I'll let you. Yeah, him. fantastic. Where about Liverpool is? I was uh, Botanic Road. Oh, all oh, right, yeah, but yeah, Botanic Road. Yeah, I was in there. I was born in Toxteth, and then I grew up in Kirby. 
Yeah. Wow. You know, we have something in common. We have yeah. somebody in common. And um, I, I was talking to my to my um, my cousin who's in Liverpool, and I train her son on the on the uh, video. Yes. Yeah. So, so I'm training him, and I'm talking to her afterwards, and I, and I'm talking about I mentioned your name, and where she was. Oh yeah, he was really good friends with my uncle, and uh, my uncle. Sorry, her dad. Yeah. And that would be Tommy Wright. Oh yeah, Tommy Wright. Yeah. Tommy. Yes, so he yes. was a, he was a boxer too, and I know he worked at your club, right? Yeah, yeah. We used to yeah, we used to go down to a, a guy, a professional gym called Billy Max, Billy okay. McDonald's gym. Yeah, in, in Liverpool, I used yeah. to travel from Kirby about twelve miles north. I used uh -huh. to travel into the city, uh, and, and that's where uh, Tommy Wright was uh, was training. Some great yeah. fighters there. Yeah, and I thank you so much because you also, when my uncle, who's no longer with us. Uh, he passed away, and you did um, a lot of fundraising for him. He had the you know vertebrae, and he passed away from from pneumonia. And I have I don't know if you oh. can see the picture. Yeah, yeah. See with the bagpipes right there. Oh, right, right there, and that's him in the wheelchair right there. Yeah. And yeah, and, and who's 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 playing the bagpipes? That's you. Oh, me. Yeah. How yeah. long, how long ago it? was it? Oh, this um, this must have been the eighties. Hold on. Oh, the eighties, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. but you do play so, bagpipe, right? No, no, no. You don't. I, uh, you know, no, I've never funny, smoked. You know. I've never smoked at all. No, it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 funny though, you know, because John John was so famous in the nineteen seventies. He was as famous as David Beckham was at yeah. the height of his fame, or George Best in this country, and. <laughs> As as such, he was on a lot of mainstream television shows, and they yes, get him yeah. to do this, that, and the other. Yeah. yeah. And one time he had to sing, and I remember John always says it only occurred to him about about thirty seconds before the thing started. He thought, "Hang on a second, I can't sing." I can't sing. Do, what, do you remember the show in question, John? <laughs> yeah, I was just going along with it. It was on the. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was on there. It was the Bachelor Show. The Bachelor yeah. Show, That's and uh, a producer says, "No, we just come on and do this." This uh, famous producer. So I just went along with it, like, and uh, <laughs> but just before the just before I was supposed to sing, I realized that I couldn't sing. You know, well, so you know, told, what it is? you know what it is, John. It's like everyone thinks you know li the Liverpoolian male is the, probably the pretty much a definition of a man's man. You know what I mean? So they think right away that you know you and I, you know that you know you, the Liverpool man again being like very handsome, very thoughtful, very intellectual. You have all <laughs> these things about us. Yeah. So they are they naturally assume that we can just do these things. And I'm like, okay, I know, but please. <laughs> I think it was, it was my fault because I was on the front cover of Better Band on the Run, Paul McCartney's album. Yes. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, were you all dressed as convicts or something like that? Was that was that the Yeah, we were all that? supposed to was called, that was called Band on the Run. And we were all yeah, supposed to yeah. be escaping from a, a prison and were caught in the floodlight. That's so funny. And we're all yeah. looking at the floodlight. So these famous people there, Michael Parkinson, Clement Freud. Uh, Christopher Lee, the great actor, Christopher yeah, Lee, yeah. Yeah. And, and the band, and the band, yeah. And uh, wow, um, I was going to say, I was something I was going to say off the back of um, the the music thing, um, because you must have, you were a similar age, I believe, like Paul McCartney, a little bit older than you, but not, yeah, but you were a sim you were of an age when the Beatles were at the height of their fame, you know, um, yeah. worldwide. You'd have been, I guess, 
coming up. United, Commonwealth Games 1970, when you're about 19, right, John? Um, yeah, so Commonwealth Games. And before so, that was the ABAs. Yeah, 19, you won two uh, ABA titles. ABA 1970 and ABA 1971. Commonwealth Games was 1970. I was a middleweight. Uh, yeah, well, what and light heavyweight start... in 1970. Light heavyweight 71. in 1971. What made you start fighting, John? I was 11, 11 years of age, yeah. uh, Michael. And my dad was teaching me. He, okay. he, was a, he wasn't a boxer. He was a, he's a welder. He was from Sierra Leone, <laughs> Freetown. Free uh, Sierra Leone. Uh, yeah. He was a merchant seaman. He came over in 1943 mm -hmm. to Liverpool. And yeah. uh, we, had, we had 10 children, eight boys, two girls. Wow. Uh, and, uh, but he, he liked the boxing. He was teaching me a few uh, punches. Then he took me down to Kirby Amateur Boxing Club, which uh -huh. is about just, just outside of Kirby. Uh-huh. And you did you love it? Is that something right away? Straight away, away I, I felt it was a natural ability for it, you know? He yeah. was teaching me the moves. And uh -huh. then I, I'd, uh, I'd, I feel like I could do it, you know? And I liked yeah. it. And uh, yeah. But I, I was an athlete, athlete as well. I'd, I'd done athletics. I played football with Terry McDermott, who played for England and yeah. um, and Liverpool. Great football. I was in the same team at school. So I had three choices, really, you know, of those sports. But it was boxing I decided to totally give my life to, you know. Uh -huh. And are you glad that's the way you went? Is that? No, I, ju I just wanted the money. I should have went straight to the bank and got the money. <laughs> Do you get, but is there any regret in, choose, in choosing boxing? Or like, are you glad that you went the way of boxing? Yeah, but that's glad from an overview. I, I yeah. believe in God, you know, God yeah. as I understand them anyway. Uh -huh. I have an uh -huh. overview. Yeah. So if I say I've got regrets or why or negatives or anything like that, I work it through that uh, vision, you know? Mm -hmm. Say, well, what do I mean? Like, regrets for what? It's just life. You're going to let the best of us are going to make mistakes, mm -hmm. ups and downs, and um, not feel unfulfilled or we should have went further or, or uh -huh. even the ones who did go as far as that, you know? Still yeah. making mistakes, whether it be uh, so. I view it from that. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah, it does make sense to me. Yeah. So you're more or less saying it doesn't matter which way you go. Your outcome is going to be like your outcome is going to be your outcome. Yeah. No absolutely. matter what. Was, so. uh, well, uh, it's uh, yeah. It's like I'm an AA. I'm an alcoholic. I'm an AA. I just come okay. from a meeting now. You know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, is a view there to say, uh, a guy said to me when I first came into AA a long time ago, you know, he says, John, you used to be in the boxing ring, he said, but now you're in the spiritual ring, he said, mm -hmm. but it's much harder, he said, because yeah. when the bell goes, what's coming out the opposite corner is you, yeah, old self versus new, yes. and completely yes. opposite, throw the towel mm -hmm. in, unconditional yes. surrender to yes. win, whereas yeah. the boxing never surrender to yes. win. With the same God, I'm talking about God as I understand him. God helps them who helps themselves. Yes. Right? So with yes. boxing at work, with the drink, I stuck God to all the powers I could draw, and mm -hmm. I could stop but couldn't stay stopped. And then mm -hmm. coming through withdrawal one morning, I realized yeah. about the step one of the AA program, I was powerless mm -hmm. over alcohol. Yeah. The powerlessness was the insanity, the obsession, the medical condition, an obsession that was compelled, the compulsion to take the first drink. And once I took the first drink, I don't metabolize at one ounce an hour, sets off the allergy, two, four, eight, six, uh, 16, 32, 64. He said, this would be academic if I didn't take the first thing that's going to trigger off the allergy. Hay fever yeah. sufferers don't have an obsession to sniff flowers. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I don't mean to jump on uh, into the qu too much, Ben, because I know you have some questions as yeah. well. But so how I've did... <laughs> so how did, John, how did that affect you? Was alcohol a problem when you were fighting? No, no, no. The, the, the problem was that I didn't have the money to buy it. 
So I turned, <laughs> I turned yeah. broke for all the goodies. Yeah. You know, and I used to get high when I was a kid in in, um, in Liverpool. It was terrific, you know. I thought, God, just imagine if you get all the money in the position, you yeah. could have all this. And it was normal drinking, normal getting high. Yeah. Terrific, great. You know, the gift of yeah. God that gladdens yeah. the heart, crush, crush grapes. Some societies don't go along with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm an AA. Some of those societies are an AA. Yeah. It's a simple, just another illness, you know. I used to take a bit of cocaine as well. I wasn't a drug addict. I would have been if there was no drink. But yeah. uh, so yeah. uh, anything to get high, really, you know. Yeah, yeah. John, so, I know as well. But I was never. I never doing? took it. I never threatened. The, I was totally dedicated training. Yes. I didn't put a so threat to the training. So you were able to compartmentalize, John, a bit like Ricky Hatton apparently was when you were in camp and training. When you were in training, you were in training. That was that. But it yeah. was when you weren't in training, the damage was done. Is that is that the way it was, John? Oh, uh, definitely. In between, uh, there was no yeah. uh, abuse. Didn't Once I once I got out of it, got stuck into the booze and a bit of cocaine as well, and just getting and just yeah. got worse. But I was an alcoholic, you know. I became alcoholic. Nine out of ten are safe drinkers. Some are bad drinkers. If they have enough trouble, they'll stop or cut down. The alcoholic, once you cross the line, you can stop but can't stay stopped because of the allergy of the body. I don't metabolize at one ounce an hour where a normal body gets rid of it, the enzymes. If it stays in there longer than one ounce an hour, it physically craves another one. Two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64. This would be academic if it didn't take the first thing that's going to trigger off the allergy, as I said before. Hay fever sufferers don't have an obsession to sniff flowers. So I was smitten with the insane edge, the double-edged sword. Yeah. And, and it's just another illness as well. So if you would have, let, let's say, well, you had this issue throughout your whole career, but let's say that you didn't partake in drugs. No, I didn't have it. I didn't have it throughout all my career, Michael. Once I retired in 1980, oh, I just, okay. that was great. I got stuck into it then because there was yeah. no, I didn't have to train or anything like that. I got yeah. stuck into it. And then I started really crossing the line yeah. after I retired. Really because, you know? Was it really because you didn't have to discipline yourself anymore? Or did you yeah, anymore. And also... There was other type of things as well. It was crossing the line, even when I was boxing. I mean, yeah. I was drinking. I had a drink. I think it was Las Vegas uh, yeah. when I got beat. Uh, I saw Mohammed rematch. Yeah, the rematch, and then uh, yeah, New Jersey was it? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it was and then I went on the drink, and I went sort of crazy on the drink that night, you know. And what was that. that? Was that were you trying to mask something? Was it the defeat uh, that did it, or do you think it was something else like prior? No, that, that's all. That's all academic psychological stuff. Anyway, there's all yeah. determinants uh, or reasons for that. You know, the simple problem is no. I was an alcoholic. I was compelled to take the first drink, and once yeah. I took the first one, it triggered off the allergy. One was yeah. too many. A hundred wasn't enough, but it's the yeah. first one that does the damage that yeah. triggers off the allergy. The problem senses in my mind. I was powerless over the obsession to take the drink. So I wasn't a bad person trying to get good. I was a mm-hmm. sick person that didn't understand the sickness at the time. It's the mm-hmm. third biggest killer illness in Britain. The second in America, it'd be first if you're honest on the death certificates. The only mm-hmm. illness that tells you haven't got it, an illness of denial. And AA is the most successful mm-hmm. program in dealing with it. It's not the only way, but it's the mm-hmm. most successful way of dealing with uh, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we, if we shoot backwards a little bit, John, the interesting thing about your record is you, you only lost four times and two of those were to Saad Mohammed. Uh, yeah. First fight was a great fight. Um, what do you remember about your first loss to an obscure American fella by the name of Eddie Duncan? Early doors. Yeah, about I remember it. Great fighter. Eddie, very uh, terrific, uh, talented fighter. Very cagey, very, you know, tough. He had the whole thing there. like you know. And I found it very awkward as well. 
because he's uh, a no a lot of your punches like you know mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. but I found it very difficult very experienced at the time you know mm-hmm. so uh, no I uh, he, he just outboxed me simple as that so you lost by a quarter of a point I believe I don't know how, how close the fight it was actually you know in reality but I know that the statistics you lost it very narrowly yeah? how much yeah. of a setback did you think it was at the time and did your management team think it was no I was totally committed if we for a term pro I, uh, I didn't particularly want to box. I wanted to be a singer and I wanted to play, uh, I wanted to be a musician, but I couldn't sing and I couldn't play any instruments. But yeah. it's a reality. <laughs> so boxing, boxing was the only way out. So I thought mm-hmm. that was it. And I thought, God helps them who helps themselves. Totally mm-hmm. commit myself to it. Do- total, totally everything, you know? And, and I've just lost the point of the, an- I was answering the question. I was just talking about, did, 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 you, did your team at the time think that was a serious setback losing to Eddie Duncan as a, as a young pro? Or was it just seen as a little slip-up and it didn't matter back then? No, that's it. I think that's, I didn't ask them, number one. But I take it, they, 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 what you've just said, that's the way they looked yeah. at it. And the person they were dealing with, how he was going to react to it. And that, and that was me. I was totally committed. So I'd lost. So that's yeah. it. I remember I'd made this decision, God helps them who else themselves. That was, uh, I made a mistake. I went back, uh, listened to me, me people where the mistakes were made and all the rest of it, and I rectified them and went back and went forward. Mm-hmm. What we have to remember, too, at that particular period, you were actually boxing at heavyweight, although you were never really big yeah. enough for that division, no. even no by the old school standards. And it was a no. rather illustrious um, competitor who told you you should drop back down to like heavyweight, wasn't it? Well, tell you what, that's an interesting point I never even thought of now, but you're right. I was My first 20 fights were heavyweights. Because yeah. you know the cru- there was no cruiserweight then. Light heavy was no. cruiserweight, Michael. Yeah, I know. Do you remember? Yeah, and it was 12 yeah. and a half stone. Anything after that was officially heavyweight. So my first 20 fights were heavyweights. But I tell you what, I even forgot. Yeah, Eddie, I was fighting as a heavyweight with, with Eddie. Yeah, even mm-hmm. though he only weighed 177 pounds, according exactly. to Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, you weighed about 184. Yeah, he's similar. Yeah. So we were similar to the same type of thing. Like, I wasn't weak at the weight, by the way, at 12, uh, 12 and a half stone. It's just the uh, cruiserweight would have suited me, obviously, but now the right crew yeah. between 12 and a half. And, um, How much do you weigh now, John? How much do uh, you weigh now? 22 stone. <laughs> How much is that in pounds? Oh, yeah. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. yeah no, I'm talking stones and ounces here. I'm t- in America, <laughs> it's pounds, isn't it? It's uh, 175 pounds. Hey, can we get some more life, John? 75 pounds. Yeah, no, you look great, man. It's incredible. You look really good. It hit me like anything at the minute because it's gone so dark. Can we get yeah. the light again and, in the car? Yeah, no, hang on. Can we get the light on? Well, I, it's, well, that's surprising because I was a light heavy. I don't know why I've gone into the dark. Yeah, yeah exactly. Now you're very dark. <laughs> Where's the light gone? Hang on. Yeah. Let's see what we got here. Yeah, Is there the... a light? Yeah, you go. There yeah. you go. That's better. Like I said, I'm but... in the car. I've just come out of an AA meeting, you know. So I'm coming in <laughs> yeah, and I'm talking this now. It's just there. Uh, and me, one of the committee members up there saying, John, are you mad? Why are you say about telling them I've just come out of an AA meeting? I'm in the car <laughs> and the light's going. Michael, you don't make a secret of it, John. Because the thing what, is, I never, boxing was easier than this. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing is, because I've, I've, I'm in AA and, and I've, I've been at meetings where John has been speaking before. Mm-hmm. And you get, well, there was one guy one night in Cantown, and he said, can't wait to tell my brother that I actually met John Carter. He said, well, obviously I can't because it's anonymous. So then he looked at him and he said, you know that's not true. You know I'm going to tell him. You know I'm going to tell him I've seen John Conte tonight. But I don't think it's anonymous if people want it to be anonymous, John. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. I've never seen the point in hiding my recovery. It's better for me the more people know about it that I should not be drinking. The more people who know that, the better for me. 
I, I just gen in the general, like I'm sharing it now uh, with with you. Usually, I don't do that. Say I would say it if it was mentioned to me. It doesn't matter. They say, "Hey, hey if you want to reveal your own anonymity, uh, it, fine." But it's like not anyone else's. Or remember, yeah. AA, the the what was it the uh, directions, the traditions, is that really anonymous at level of radio, press, and television? Why not just for oneself? Because it may have an, an effect on AA. Yeah. A bad publicity. Yeah. Not that I will. It's too strong. But they say, why take the risk selfishly to injure possibly the business? You know. Basically, if you yeah, have, well, it seems to me that basically, if you have no shame, if you own it, then you're able to deal with it. It's in the yeah. open, it's, and it yeah. always stays prevalent. So you can make a, a just because you're not hiding it. You don't have to make a decision. You you're going to make a good, accurate decision. At the same time, that's right. But there's a balance. I could go over the top, grandiosity. Yeah, I want to be talking about it for my own projection. And no, I try to find if I help somebody, if somebody asks me and I help somebody, like even on this, where this is going out, if it's, it's just naturally happened with me, yeah. if it's going yeah. to help somebody who's got an addiction, drugs, yeah. drink, gambling, whatever it is, the 12 step yeah. program, it's not the yeah. only way, it's not the most yeah. successful way in dealing with addiction. So the 12 step program covers all those things, you know, yeah. Yeah. minds so in particular and alcoholism. So once you show them, when you talk, when you talk about grandiosity, you don't seem to have any ego or, or self-indulgence in your achievements, what you did. I mean, there's people... I, I don't. I like Montel Griffin, right? But Montel Griffin on Facebook, he is forever banging on every day about how great he was. And he's saying, I should be in the Hall of Fame. Why am I not even on the ballot? I did this, I did that. That's Montel. That's cool. And I love Montel, by the way. And he can, fight, yeah. he can, he can give as good as he gets of me. But you, you're completely the opposite of that, John. You don't... You don't glory in your. You almost give me the impression that they happen to somebody else. Somebody it's else with the with the WEC belt around his waist and the European title, the British title. You don't seem to have any ego about it whatsoever. Almost like somebody else did it. No, well, I do. I'm aware of that. I'm aware I can try and cover that up with maybe false humility. You know. No, the thing is, look, whatever that. Well, since I've been on this planet, people have helped me. My fellow man yeah. has helped me. They know it seems to be the human race. Whenever there's a problem, they seem to know what the solution is, you know, yeah. and, and including that they don't know. They've got the humility yeah. at times to say, well, we don't know this, but we're working on it. By the science, yeah. medicine, whatever the, whatever the solution on the planet is, you know, one with with our with our will, like, you know. And so I got the information from you guys, you know, from my fellow man, who from yeah. their hard experience. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm just an ideal, and also the human condition, as you know, the 12-step program we're dealing with our defects, shortcomings, a universal aspect. They talk about the seven deadly sins, you know, pride, yeah. anger, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, and sloth. It's not in that order. Paglegs, I use it as an acronym, Paglegs. Pride is the leader. But I'm just saying that's now most on, people on the planet are brought up with that. In whatever yeah. whatever their religion they're brought yeah. up, they are brought up with that awareness of like, we're less than, you know, we've got our defects. We're, sure, we're, not perfect, we're not perfect, but we've also got the free will to work them and, and you know, how to deal with them. But the, the answer, the solution, the problem and the solution came to me through my fellow man, the society. Yeah, I, I think the main issue for me, I'd have to say, is slothfulness. Definitely slothfulness. Yeah, but well, you have all we, yeah. <laughs> no, oh, well, we all have it in every, yeah, they say it was a sloth, um, procrastination. Yeah. Uh, oh, they say sloth in five syllables. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I can't say it in one. <laughs> mind you, I'm caught. Man, man, being flashed there a bit. Can remember I'm quoting one of it out of an AA book, AA, uh -huh. AA terms. So these are being written by people 
you know, yeah. they're experienced and they know what that's what they're doing and writing about and all that. Uh, does this all make sense, by the way, what I'm saying yeah. to you? Oh, absolutely makes 100% sense. And I just wanted to jump into boxing a little bit more on you because I know yeah, yeah. you had, I'm going yeah, you had, um, you had hand issues through yeah. your fight career, right? Like, when did that start and how did that affect your fighting? Well, I broke my hand what, when I, what when fight I broke did it affect? When I broke it away from George Francis, my manager, yes. uh -huh. we busted up, we split up, you know, uh -huh. uh, after I got the title. And, and then I, I went over, and I went over to, um, I think it was, not Scranton. Scranton, Pennsylvania. No, it wasn't Scranton. That was, uh, I think that was the amateur. No, we were on, I think it was New Jersey. And uh, it may have been Scranton. I think it may have been Scranton. And I was on, on my undercard. It was Larry Holmes. I was oh, top yes. of the bill, and Larry was on the undercard. Yeah. And I had a guy, um, his trainer was in my corner, and he just tied my hands, I felt, a little bit tight or not on his behalf not certainly george didn't tie them my right hand yeah. you know they weren't weak but you know anyway and i hit him with the right hand uh, and not fully on with the four knuckles you know with the yeah. side with the side of me right knuckle main big knuckle and i broke my uh my, my hand in the fight uh, and i met was richie i think it was richie giacchetti okay yeah, richie, richie, yes, richie, richie was G uh, larry's trainer and i went back mm -hmm. to the corner and I said, it was about the fourth round. And I said, uh, Richie, uh, I think I broke my right hand. He said, use your left. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, I mean, you're, but your left hand... No sympathy. Because, because I, I know a lot, uh, like in, in Britain and England, the style itself is very much straight up. Use the jab, use the jab first, your left hand first, and follow with the right. You know, just going back from what my father taught me and and and, and even just from watching like british fighters everyone has a certain style and then they are able to build upon it with their own certain things like the american style is a lot more loose and reactive and and yeah. kind of like uh you make it up as you go along kind of thing and 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 the brit style is a very um i don't know if it's a succinct way of doing things but has a very that, direct way lead with that's the very left, much changed the right. michael today that's that's not really true today but it was very true in john's era and can you well, I, I think it's still true to the like i mean look at Joe Joyce, look at Anthony Joshua. Oh, yeah, no, you can't, you can't have Joe Joyce represent us. Tell me, <laughs> look at Billy Joe Saunders or somebody else or Sonny Edwards. Okay. Yeah. No, I, but, but let's not get sidetracked. Keep going. We're talking to about John. Well, I yeah. think oh, it's all, all the lads, it's, they're all great fighters to get in the ring. They're fantastic challenges in the first place. In America, it's huge. The, the mass of the population there. So you got the, the you got, you got greater fighters there, you know? The, the, and the, they're brought up, they seem to be. To fight more to fight yeah. more. Where we would work behind the jab box well, in America, it was always seems to be they'd be more fighting, yeah. even the boxers, you know, would, well, be, I, uh, would be more yeah. into the fight. So, and I, I was a box fighter, I worked behind the jab as a box fighter. But, mm -hmm. uh, in America, because it's so big, that's why it's so great as well. They got a mass to draw from. Well, that's exactly because you said, you said it so was Charles Edwards that really impressed yeah. the left hand on you, yes, pardon. You said it was Charles Atkinson Senior who really impressed the left hand on you. Yeah, definitely. It. Yeah, I was taught left jab behind the left jab. I could box. Some guys are pure fighters in your chest, like Rocky Marciano type of thing, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and some are Muhammad Ali. Box mm -hmm. fighters work behind the jab. At that level, they're just great fighters anyway, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But Muhammad, yeah. as a great boxer, will beat a great fighter, I think, eight out of ten. Why? Because a great boxer is a great fighter. It's just that he's got more tools in the bag.
Yeah, and let's say Muhammad Absolutely. Ali had the heart, he had the fight, he had the jaw, he had the, but he also had the skills of boxing. So he's, and can you also you can't avoid the great fighters over the distance of that round. They're going to get you right in front of them. You have to punch your way out of it, type of thing. Yeah. Uh, and if they're still there, you can move. Whereas they've only got one way to move in your chest. John, yeah. what was your, what was your strongest attribute? Boxing. What was your strongest attribute? For me, it was there uh, believing in God. God helps them who helps themselves. Number one. That was so number that one. Helped you, that helped you in yeah, the room. Yeah, then that, that was me. That was my mind. Making the decision to go into the game in the first place and give it a hundred percent and do exactly what they tell you. If you told mm -hmm. me to jump off a cliff, I would have been the trick would have been how quick I could have got the normal doubt out of my head mm -hmm. or into a fire. Because why they weren't doing it to kill me, they were doing it to or quite the opposite, to train me to be stop being killed that type of thing a defensive thought so they knew and i didn't so that was my biggest attribute and then and my mind was that just to you got the decision to apply yourself to that belief you know dedication in other words commit yourself to it and see how far you go give it everything i had the choice of doing either 100 percent or not that was up to me i i, had, I was the referee if that yeah. decision of applying myself 100 percent in trying to get the win the actual win whether it comes or not that's going to be academic but I, it wasn't. You could walk out the ring and say it wasn't because I didn't give a hundred percent. It was because I was beaten on the night by a better fighter. Uh -huh. And you always but, felt that in every fight you fought, whether you won or lost, you felt like you've always given a hundred percent. I did after an application to it, and also when I was in there, you know. And that, now that's a tricky. I must admit, to me, that's a tricky question and a tri or tricky answer. Saying not so much the question, yeah. it's the tricky answer because I've got to now be honest to myself, to yeah. saying well. I feel I could have done better. I could have. I didn't really keep fighting. I could have fought more like Rocky Marciano. Don't never, never give up, and never, you know, especially with the uh, the, the the second um, uh, Muhammad fight. Yeah, the Messiah Muhammad fight. In Were that, you, you in know? shape for that? Were you in hundred percent? Yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't get you any were? fitter. Yeah. I couldn't get any Honestly, fitter. But I think, yeah. and again, this you got to be. I've got to be careful here. I could be sort of transferring and blame in this. No, because, please, of my because, of, because of the alcoholism, and I was taking a few drugs, cocaine and that, you know, I think that may have been catching up with me then. Yes. In the, mentally, yeah. mainly, mentally, mainly mentally, you know, uh, but, but certainly physically as well. Uh, I, was, I was nine years on in the game by then. Uh, and, uh, and for me, my type of mind was all or nothing. So to give it everything you've got, all or nothing, 100%. So, uh, and if I didn't feel that, that was it. Whereas other guys may be able to cope with that. How much did the curvaceous drug play a part of your career? It means women. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I mean, you're, that, you're really a lot of it for me. A lot guy. of it for me was image paperwork, you know. Uh -huh. So you make it out as if you're a sort of playboy, like you know, you just got on the lads back home with doing more than that your mates than what you were yeah. some in in the same position as myself where because they were just that way like you know yeah. now i was always sort of quite shy with the girls and all the rest of it you know but mm -hmm. I, you know I had the, when you did do it it was splashed all over the papers and all the rest of it but no i didn't um you know i was you, you're self-indulgent you know you want to indulge and get into it and all that but you know if you're a single person you, you just get, yeah. get on with it you know and that obviously you think well Looking back, you know, 2020 vision hindsight. You know, we've yeah. got everyone's got 2020 vision hindsight, but yeah. we, we learn from it, you know, and hopefully not just for oneself yeah. to pass on to someone else who's yeah. coming the same way to say, listen, to guide them a bit way to avoid uh, how to, to avoid problems or how to deal with them uh, by just showing them that you know their responsibility is theirs.
you you are responsible. It's like the ring. The ring's a great metaphor. When the bell goes, there's no one in it. It's just you. Yeah. Yeah. You're the one who's got to call the shots against what? We're talking about the metaphor of life. It's coming at you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, John, I remember you were talking, Michael mentioned women and, and the, the whole kind of glamour kind of lifestyle. I know yeah. that you were hanging out with Boney M at one point. I know your brother Tony was who got involved in the management. Uh, yeah. Yeah, pop groups and things like that. But I, I get the impression today that you regret leaving Mickey Duff and George Francis when you think back on it. Well, they say, you know, the regret is the beclouding of the mind, not, not, not a chastisement. That's a nice line I've heard from, I think it was a Buddhist line or somewhere, a wise saying. Yeah. Regret is the beclouding of the mind, not a chastisement. So, like, I could be looking back and saying, yeah, I've done this and I should have done shouldn't have, with a motive of, like, 2020 vision hindsight, yeah. which, again, yeah. is ego. You know, perfection. No. But isn't regret real? Like, regret... Exactly. Absolutely. And, uh, Michael, you're... So now it's being honest to say, do I have those? Of course I have those regrets. Yeah. How far back do you want to go with the regrets, I'd say, with myself? Yeah. I'd go back yeah. to Kirby and have no regrets about boxing. Why? Because I wouldn't have boxed. I would have been a musician. Uh -huh. I, if I could have played the, but I, I, yeah. I couldn't play the instruments yeah. and I yeah. couldn't play, uh, I couldn't sing. What but I would have done, I would have stayed in the music, but I would have been in the music business. Yeah, but there was yeah. or, or something else. I would have done this. I would have done that. Yeah, but whatever I do, I'm still going to be faced with life. Yes, and life yes. and life's not easy. Now I'm trying to answer a difficult question, which is a simple question, but it's difficult and it's, with a simple answer. But it's not. It's, you know, uh, it's like it's a bit like an AA. It's a simple, pro, a simple program for complicated people. You know, uh, yeah. it's a, and it's a complex. It's a simple solution. It's yeah. a simple solution to a complex set of problems. Yes, and the yes, complex yes. set of problems I take is the human condition. Yes. So we're all because egos there, it's defense. I've, I'm, I'm, I'm on the ropes now trying to answer this question. You know, when yeah. simply just throw my hands up, say, you know, I've done the best I could. Some of it wasn't good. Some was bad. I'm still alive and I've learned from it. I'm not deny denying it. I work it through with my fellow man as well. Uncover, discover, discard, deal with it, and hopefully pass it on, be a better person for myself and also help somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just recall you telling me that, that you, you made amends to, to Mickey Duff and George Francis when you were going through that particular process. I did. Which yeah. I thought it was refreshing to hear, John, because... Usually, you'll hear uh, fighters will go to their grave being like, "He that bastard robbed me, and he did this, and it was no. his fault that I lost that fight." I told him I had to pull out, and he put me in the ring, and and all the rest of it. Uh, and you said no, uh, I did make an amends to both of them. And you said because yeah. the way I look at it, it worked when it when I was on top of my best. So why did I think I could do better without them? That which I thought was quite a refreshing take exactly. for a pugilist. Exactly, yeah. and then working through. Remember, I'm an AA. It could be any. I'm, you know, I wear whatever we all got spiritual tools, so I try yeah. to wear. I'm aware of it, and I'm confronted with, it and I work with it. So you look back and you say, "Well, where are my mistakes?" You know, and my dealing with my fellow man on this planet. You know, mm -hmm. where are my mistakes? Where am I wrong? And obviously, my ego wants to step in, rationalize it, justify it, blame, transference, and even when, especially when they they are wrong, <laughs> well, especially when they are wrong. But the program is ignore completely what they've done. Where am I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, frightened and inconsiderate? That's a spiritual program we're working, you know, which is just another word for clean. They say spirituality, I've heard in AI, is just another word for clean. So I'm trying to do the clean way, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to do something which is I can't do and I don't want to do. Yeah. St. Paul, well, the Bible, St. Paul, sin. 
He says, mm-hmm. why do I do the things I, do, I don't want to do? It's the thing I want to do, I don't do. I do the thing I don't want to do. Why is this? He says, isn't this because sin lives within me? He's talking about powerlessness. So there's yeah. a control. step one of the AA program. We, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and our lives have become unmanageable. They always do a concordance. If they're doing a concordance with say, the Bible, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they talk about St. Paul's uh, association with uh, the, the, uh, st- the sin, the inward struggle. I'm powerless over the sin. Okay, why? Because I'm a human being. Join Now I'm joining the club. I'm a human being. I'm not here. I'm not perfect. But I know someone who I believe someone who is God as I understand them. So those same characteristic traits that you're fighting with outside of the ring, they see they also were the same th- things inside the ring. Did, did, could you see the parallels between what you were doing outside the ring and what you did in the ring? Like, did they manifest themselves physically? Because they were a part. That's a part of you, right? So you're thinking yeah. certain things. So when a fight gets a certain way, you're going to react a certain way because that's your nature like the nature of the decision-making process you're having outside the ring is the same decision-making process inside the ring. Definitely, yeah, but there's rules inside the ring. you got to referee and rules, and you got to obey them. If you don't, well, you'll get chastised for them, you know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and as long as you're within the rules and you work within that, then you're back into, back, back into the, uh, the big ring. Yeah. They call it a ring. It's, a, it's only a small square. Boxing, a boxing yeah. ring is a small square, and I knew I knew it was a square. I had four corners. I knew that, but I, I, and I wanted to tell them, but I thought I better not. I better concentrate on the. So the real ring, the way, the real ring is out here. This is the ring. The air. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Life is absolutely the the ring. So when you were fighting, did you ever get at a point when you're fighting someone and you're so frustrated with, with them that you? almost felt the urge to do something illegal. Has it ever gotten to that point? Well, Chris Finnegan says he did. Chris Finnegan, I don't know how your relationship was with him in later years, John, but in his autobiography, he seems to be rather scathing and resentful of you because he thinks you nutted him in both fights. (laughs) Well, there was was a clash of heads. Yeah. You know, there was an accidental clash of heads and, uh, and that's what happened in the game, you know? Did, and, did, uh, he, did he resent you for years afterwards? Did, did, did you get that from him that he that he hadn't forgiven you for for what had gone on? I don't really know. To tell you the truth, whether no. we about forgive again the subjects you're talking about when you talk about forgiveness, how deep I take it into. Well, what's the meaning of forgiveness? Where are we coming from? What do we mean by forgiveness? What? At what level? At what level? So the level I'm talking of, I'm saying yeah. So I was, I could say, well, I was, I was, I was, I was. I was um, out of line and just getting in the ring, yeah. Because right? I'm, you know, I'm trying to kill my fellow man, or defend, you know. And and the uh, the tricky bit is that. And, but no, I wasn't killed trying to kill him. I was I was defending myself from being killed, from being injured. Yeah. It's totally ignoring I just, that I was in there as well. I had the choice. I was just going from his autobiography. His autobiography, he he seems to be disparaging, but it was obviously written a long time ago. And Chris is no longer with us. God yeah. rest his soul. But I didn't. I, I just picked up that if he had a, a pet peeve about his career, it was it was the, the, the two fights he lost to you and what he feels went on. Because I don't suppose it's impossible he was a little bit jealous of you because you were, you know, more favoured, more popular, you know, maybe arguably better looking and by mainstream standards. And perhaps he didn't like this new, you know, pretty boy celeb from Liverpool who who came and relieved him of his European title as or three titles yes. as it may have been. What? What Chris thought and did, I don't know. He's with the yeah. higher power now, I believe, you know? Yeah. And so 
you know, and uh, as an with with uh, the religion, I think we're both brought up with the same religion. You know, you talk about you want sin, defect, forgiveness, sharing that, and those type of some of these things, I would share at a deeper level, obviously, with my uh, confessor or my uh, sponsor or yeah. someone deeper yeah. at a spiritual level. You know, they say they suggest in a wise way, share in a in a in a public way, share in a general way, yeah. the specific deeper stuff, share one on one. With the people, your, your guide, your spiritual guide, your priest, your rabbi, whoever it is, or your your friend, whoever it is, whatever it is, your human being to share that deeper level. And I think because that's a wise, that's a wisdom thing, you know. Because in me now, I want to just sort of explain everything in a clear, yeah, under the guise or with a belief of uh, spirituality. And if I did do that, it would be right spiritually anyway, even though I'd feel it wrong. But even if it is wrong, I'd have, and I'm still alive, I can learn from it. I'm supposed yeah. to learn from it, right, wrong, or indifferent. So I, I hope I've, I've just waffled around the, the question about a tricky no, situation. Because in my curious. head, I just want to, if I was in front of, you know, it's like me, it's like if you're in front of God and you say, yeah, well, did you do this or didn't you? <laughs> and he knows. So you just tell the truth. John, do you yeah. remember? Do you remember any conversations? I'm sorry. Do you remember any conversations? Uh, your corner man saying anything specific to you that stuck out with you that even stay with you today? Like your corner man, your trainer, I should say, giving you some advice that you think that still pertains to this very day and what you do. Uh, what in a good way or a bad way? You mean? Well, I, I would think in in either way, something that defined you, like you know, like sometimes the corn man will point some stuff out to you, and you say, you know what? I don't only do, I don't only do that in the ring. I do that same thing outside of the ring in in a different way, obviously. And if I was in the corner, I was totally committed, you know. Yeah. And if he told me to jump off a cliff or into yeah. a fire, yeah. that's what I would have done. Yeah, yeah. So I just would have done it. So, so the, at some point in time when you were fighting Saad Muhammad, for instance, your corner man gave you advice. And do you remember what that advice was? Uh, well, if I could remember exactly the advice, uh, I'd get my license back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my friend John, if I could my remember friend John that. Doyle, my friend John I'll Doyle tell you what, I've got a good, I got my barrister, my barrister will answer that. <laughs> I was gonna say my, he's my, my corner man now. Different <laughs> corner man. <laughs> okay. Well, see... My friend John Doyle wants me to ask you about your relationship with Harry Levine, talking about the people in the um oh, back yeah. office. Yeah. They're great, great people. Love them. Love them all when I come down London. You come to London, the big city, it's like coming to New York as an American if you, if you come away. I was 200 miles up in Liverpool and you're coming to the um, yep. it's different now, you got to put a camel in the room, you beam it all over the world. Then you had to come to the big halls and the bit the capital yep. and it was just fantastic and I came, I turned pro with uh, George, he was the right one for me and I was with the set, all the great the business people, the promoters and the, the business people there, the big halls and it was just fantastic, you know, coming to London totally committed and if you just commit yourself to your job do what you do they'll they do their job and you're with them you're with the team and you have that great relationship very talented people in their areas and just they were great i just loved them all you know me mickey duff harry levine mike barry uh george matrena they, they were yeah. the core they were the core people uh they were just uh, brilliant and then as life goes on and you, you get the money you get the position then the defects start coming in so, John, yeah. uh, sticking on that, 
what is one what's your wildest box non-boxing story the wildest one that the wildest like something no, that's it, it, it's just you know i had car crashes it's just mass mainly to do with alcoholism you know uh, i crashed a rolls royce in liverpool in uh, london in yeah. that's what the cost you press. the title right john that's what Pardon? cost you the WBC title, right? That's what cost you the WBC title, the car crash in 77, which meant you couldn't defend against that fellow Miguel Angel Coelho, yeah? Angel Coelho, yeah. In a, no, that was, wasn't the, no, it wasn't a car crash. That was money. That was the things, and I wasn't. I felt I wasn't getting the money I wanted, the amount right. of money I wanted yeah. for that fight. You know? yeah, you said so no. I said, well, I'm not going. I wanted the money, you know? I wanted more money and all that. Now, again, this yeah. is a deeper stuff you can go into now. You say, well, yeah. where was I wrong there? Where are my faults? And if you had to go back and do it again, what would you have done? Well, yeah. I would have done exactly what I would have done when I turned pro with them, which is just do exactly what they say. Go, yeah. fight, get your money. And if, you, if you're sensible, and you've got the it's not only sensible, if you had the knowledge, 2020 vision, you put it in the bank, pay your taxes, invest your money, live yeah. within your means, and you'd yeah. be a multimillionaire or yeah. a billionaire. You know, simple yeah. as that. As you know, life's not like that. Some are. Some guys are just naturally gifted that way. They'll keep the yeah. money in a lot more, the sensible, the balanced, yeah, whatever yeah. it is. And I take most of us or not. Yeah. I would think most. I would, but certainly yeah. me, I can speak for myself, you know, yeah. in that. And again, I've just lost the point of what I was saying, of the question. We were talking about you, you, you being stripped of the title in 1977 yeah. because you never yeah. lost that title in the ring. And you were very unlucky not to regain it in Belgrade against Matej Parlov. Uh, yeah. when I was an element of hometown favouritism. And he was a very, very good fighter, his Olympic gold medalist as well, and a Southpaw. And yeah. um, so you didn't have the easiest ride, John, considering you made three successful defences. You lost the title outside the ring through, yeah. through no complete fault of your own. And then you got a hard shot away from home to try and regain it. You didn't get any favours of the judges. Then came the epic fight, first one against Matthew Saad Mohammed, when yeah. that was almost like it could have been your defining glorious moment. And it was, it was that kind of agony and ecstasy kind of scenario, so near yet so far. How, yeah. What emotions did you have at the time and, and do you have when you look back about that one? Well, now, well, I see with me, with, with all that, my own defects and this world and this situation, I've got to, and even it's not easy to answer this because I think, oh, you rationalize yourself, justifying, you're hiding behind this, that. But mainly to me, for my, my belief is God. I believe in God, you know. So I've always believed that. So whatever happened, yeah. happened. And I've learned well, from it. Please. Yes, I've identified. Did I make mistakes as a human being? Of course I did. Cross the line, crossroads, make the wrong decisions. Uh, and, and I've, I've made amends to people I've injured or whatever it is, like a step, as we do in AA, the step four, you know, yeah. or step steps eight and nine, making amends, make a list of all the people we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all, except when to do so would injure them or others. So we're trying yeah. to deal with, I'm trying to grow this way. So this is the battle, the spiritual fight, you know? As someone once said to me, he says, John, you used to be in the uh, boxing ring. He said, but now you're in the spiritual ring. He said, but it's much harder. He said, because when the bell goes, what's coming out the opposite corner is you. Old self yeah. versus new. And it's completely opposite. Put down the weapons, pick up the tools. You, you, so you talk about the journey, the agony, the ecstasy, the pitfalls, the success, the failures. But you do seem to have a very nice... I mean, your recovery is obviously at the heart of it, but you seem to have a pretty nice life today, John. You play a yeah, lot of golf. You, go, yeah. you get to, you get paid for, for being John Conte sometimes and, you know, and, and for turning yeah. up. Absolutely. So you, you seem to have a very nice life today, considering that yeah. you didn't hang on to the boxing earnings necessarily, but you it all kind of ended quite well, did it not? 
Absolutely. And not, whatever it did or it didn't, and it did a bit, and it did a bit, a bit like any normal sort of situation, right? It's one, as an individual, it's one I make of it. Yeah. As I view it, what uh, overview, the overview, my spiritual, my higher power overview. I've got the access to that, as everyone has on the planet, you know, whether, they, whether it's up to them, their free will, whether they accept that or not, or want to, or how they deal with it. That's, that's their business, you know what I mean? But I've got, and I accept that, I try to view it from an overview, the higher powers overview of it, you know? Yeah. You do the best, you make your mistakes, have you corrected them, have you made amends? Have you gone done the best you can? Yes. Have you, your reparations or this, that, and the other? Yeah. Then that's it. And so one day at a time, I try to live my life uh, uh, that way. And whatever's coming, I don't. Yeah, I'm aware of like, you know, I'm not putting me. I don't try not to make anything false. I false idols type of thing. You know, yeah. God, yeah. money, position, past, yeah. present, future. Mm -hmm. All not, which is all normal. That will come in, and all the rest of it. What does it mean? What does it mean? What, what at that moment? It's like a bit like. Step, uh, as I said, uh, step three in the AA program says uh, at the end of it, it says, At all times during the day, at all times of emotional disturbance, I can always stop, ask for quiet, and in the stillness, say the serenity prayer, Thy will be done. How much was your father involved in your career at all in terms of making directions, either if not even fights? I'm just talking about like living life, giving you advice how to live your life right and. Were you taking that advice from him? No, my dad was uh, just very strict. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Yeah. And if you got out of line, he'd tell you, or you know, and you get a you get a beating for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's very strict. Yeah. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. uh, he'd done the best he could. Yeah. Uh -huh. He was a welder. He was a that was his profession. He was a welder. You know, he's a, uh, yeah. uh, and he was a merchant seaman. He came from Freetown, Sierra Leone, West Africa, in nineteen forty-three. Oh, cool. That's where he was, his background was, you know, yeah. from Freetown. Uh, so he came over as a young man to, uh, met my mother in 1943, uh, and uh, we had 10 children. They had 10 children, eight boys, two girls, and I was the fourth eldest. Yeah. yeah and he'd give me the best, and he seized the one and put me on the road with the boxing. Yeah. But I went into yeah. a boxing or a gym. He started teaching me a few moves. Mm -hmm. you know, and then I was, when I started catching him, mm -hmm. teaching me, he took me down to the boxing. He says, right, you're ready for the gym now. Uh, so instrumental and put me into the yeah. gym. Into yeah. the... So again, whatever the overview, that's how he helped me, my dad. Whatever else it happened. So so at that point, so at that point, once he brought you to the gym, then he kind of let go, and he wasn't, he didn't stay apart in your through your career. He wasn't a part of it. He not just, really on a working sense. No, he was always there. You know, you always, always there. Yeah. <laughs> You, you, you hand over then to where he wasn't in the business. He wasn't a boxing or as some fathers are, you know. No. And then he was handed over to Charles Atkinson, the KB Amateur Boxing Club, who was the governor of KBABC, Tucker Edmondson, John Lloyd, and um, Richie Singleton. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Tommy Tommy Singleton. They were the four guys uh, there uh, at KB Amateur Boxing Club. Uh, it was, took me over. Was Tommy Singleton? Was Joey Singleton the son of Tommy or something like that? Yeah, I know yeah. Joey was the yeah. son. Tommy, Tommy was his dad. Tommy Singleton was yeah. the dad. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, and that, so my dad directed me there. Again, I'm sorry to be getting comment. So the overview back in trying to answer these questions. Yeah. Uh, it's the overview. So she, my dad and taking inventory and judgments of my fellow man or my dad, whoever it was. You know, yeah. everyone's got the shortcomings. Sure. The good and the bad and the difference, you know, and being honest with it, working through that. Mm -hmm. But then, am I holding on to resentments? 
yeah. anger, self-justification for vengeance or whatever, you know? And yeah, if that comes in, fine. But like I said, I've got the tools to deal with that. But mm -hmm. being honest, is that, what, is that what my God wants me to do then? Yeah. No, he wants me to uncover, discover, discard. But you're certain parts your mom and you're certain parts your dad and genetically on down the line. Like uh, I'm sorry, like down the up the familiar tree, the family tree. Uh, we're all certain parts of something that's already been. You know what I mean? We're just yeah. unique in that we're certain parts, you know, uh, different degrees of parts, I guess, of an individual. So, do you yeah. identify more with you know, like your what your father? Do you identify more with... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Your father or with your mother in terms of like who you are yourself, the decision making oh. process, what you love, what you hate, that kind of thing. They're all complicated issues and, 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 and you can simplify them and work through them. Blah, blah. I answer that with God. I believe in God. God as I understand them. I'm not mm -hmm. preaching here. I'm talking about mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with preachers or pre preaching. I'm not disqualified. Mm -hmm. I have an overview of these things. That's the way I try to view it. Mm -hmm. So I try to view my life and people, my fellow man, in that. What does God want me to do here? And what mm -hmm. does he say? What's his directions in these uh, situations in life? Mm -hmm. and, I try, and then I try to take advice from my fellow man yeah. to deal with that, to share with them, to uncover. Mm -hmm. And it's like anyone, they seem to have committees and get people together to, before they make these decisions, you know? So they've yeah. got every angles out as to say they're doing the right thing because it's so, so easy to just say uh, knee-jerk. Yeah. Reaction, you know, yeah. and self-certification as well mm -hmm. for uh, going out and injuring yeah. your man, you know. Yeah. Well, you but, weren't thinking like this when you were fighting, though, right? You weren't thinking like this when you were fighting. Were you more no. in a savage mindset? Yeah, I was just total. I, I believe in God, number one. You did, even back then. Yeah. That was it. And God, it's like I said, I didn't want a box. I wanted to sing, but I couldn't sing and I couldn't play any instruments. Yeah. There, that's what I would have done. And I probably, I'm so glad I probably, I wasn't qualified in that because and I'm not knocking the business, the individual people in those businesses or anything like that, but I don't think I'd be alive today mm. because of addiction, no. you know, with the drugs, the drinks. Yeah, and at least, at least the boxing could have kept you somewhat on an even keel and, and delayed the rock bottom Absolutely. because of the healthy yeah. aspects yeah. of it. Yeah, so my yeah. higher power, God got me that way, got me set up. Looking out for you. Which is good. Yeah. Um, so, um, and again, I've lost the thread of what was we, the question was. I was going to say, guys, I've got one eye at a time because we've been on for one hour, 15 minutes, including wow. the, the time we started, Michael. Okay. So, and, and, and my other fear is John, John was too, too polite to say it, but I suspect he's sitting in a car park and wants to drive home at some point. <laughs> yeah. I imagine he's sitting wherever the bloody meeting was. You yeah, was, I mean? well, it was in uh, the, where was the meeting? No, it was Edge, Edgeware. Edgeware. So how yeah, far Edgeware. away are you from home, John? Oh, no, no, about six miles, seven miles. Oh, so it's not too bad. I'm out, yeah, I'm but in there. We... I, live in North, I live in Northwood near Pinner. Yeah, yeah. Um, where Elton John comes from, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, Elton not that Pinner, I'm yeah, to but... go down on a Well, I'm in Northwood, and I used to be in Northwood, Liverpool. Oh, yeah. In Kirby, 
there was three districts in Kirby and Liverpool, about 12, 12 miles north of Liverpool, a new mm. town, you know, the equivalents of like Milton Keynes, Northwood, South Dean and West Vale. And I lived in Northwood. And it was funny because I was up there yesterday, went up there for the Grand National, the big race, yeah. Michael, up, up yeah. over there in, in mm. uh, England, the big, big uh, steeplechase race, you know, huge. Yeah, I remember. I was, I so we went up there. We went up on the train, special train from Victoria. Yeah. And we come back on the train last night as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, was it? Uh, well, did, did you um? Was it good? I mean, did, did you enjoy oh, that fantastic. environment? Yeah, great. Yeah. yeah, I lost twenty yeah. quid. I put two ten pound yeah. ten pound notes on their two horses. Uh, my horse come fifth in the uh, big race, and uh, yeah. the other one, I, I shouldn't have done the other one because I was around well, as they're walking around before the race. I swore I could I could have heard the horse say to the jockey, "Why are you whipping me? There's no one behind us." That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I picked the wrong goes. Were you ever going to fight Galindez? Was that an ever an option? Yeah, it was on, and then it was there. Uh, then it wasn't on. I got just all. I still don't. I'm still on my back foot with all that about. Yeah, I can't really answer it clearly. Because that would have been... Because uh, right, again, it's 2020 vision. Oh, I can answer this. Maybe this will answer good, bad, or indifferent. If I look back at it, at it all again, I'd just do... It's a bit like... I was going to say it's a bit like Muhammad Ali. And Ali made these mistakes. I'd mm -hmm. say he would agree with that, you know? You just keep fighting. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. The best yeah. fighters you want. You want the undisputed championship. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Why? Because when I come on here answering these questions, you got you just answer. They, they, they know you've done it all. You've done it. There's no sort of dodginess or woodies and anxieties about yeah. the fight and you've done everything you clean you, know, you, you are the super like like sugar ray leonard yeah. or, or muhammad ali these great yeah. people have done all the marvin anglers all these great people you know mm -hmm. and uh but sometimes i feel i'm on my, on my back foot emotionally psychologically mentally about answering these things yeah and uh and that's why i didn't go into the house of uh House of Representatives. No, but, a politician. You, you should never be ashamed of that because you have a vision and, and you did it for real and you know about your abilities and your other fighters' abilities. Let me ask you, who do you, do you watch fighting today? Who do you like today if you do watch Generally. Fighting? Michael, I just watch it generally. You know, I'm not involved in the boxing. It interferes with the golf. I'm a golfer. Yeah. I play I play a lot of golf, you know, for different <laughs> charities I'm involved in. My son's a pro golfer. I oh, got him wow. into the golf, you know. Oh, it's a beautiful. tough game. It's a yeah. golf. It's a whole life game. What's you your hand? It's, it's yeah, the fifty years of age, and then it's not over. Then you got the senior tour. Yeah. You, you're walking around for four hours for the pros, the top yeah. level. Four hours. Yeah. He's about. I thought it was about twenty minutes, eighteen minutes of action, blade to ball. A pro yeah. said to me, "No, it's about half an hour." If you think the mental approach yeah. as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. he said, yeah. "But th that's half an hour, right?" On yeah. a gate, you've got three and a half hours just walking around thinking. Yeah, just but a then, tough then, game. Let me ask you though, I don't know what this means, but you're supposed to ask this question. What's your handicap? Twelve. I play off twelve. Good? Yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm, and I'll keep and I play twice a week with the yeah. different charities I'm involved wow. in. All the you, different uh, variety clubs, a big one. Variety yeah. club, sunshine coaches for kids, uh -huh. uh, and we, we, yeah, and the business. So the businessmen put up the money, uh, yeah. the, the organizers, organizers, the charity people, and yeah. then the entertainers yeah. come on, or the the ex sportsmen yeah. and all that. They uh -huh. pay for all us, and we walk on. It's fantastic. And they, so you you've done a lot of like because of the boxing, you know how to punch in the. Do you think it helps your golf at all? Like with the ad no, not at all. No, because I, I, oh, I keep well. I keep screaming at the ball. I say, "Come on, fight fair, move, 
Bob, weave, do something. <laughs> it just sits there, says, just hit me. You're looking, at, it's all opposite. You're looking over there, the target's over there. Yeah. You want the ball to go up, you got to hit down. Yeah. It's all opposite. Yeah. And then and, and all the upper body comes into it. You're trying to physically hit it. Yeah. Whereas they just coil and uncoil yeah. and the ball gets in the way. Yeah. And, and the blade gets it, you know. Yeah. That's why I got my son into it when he was eight. He's 40, he's a pro golfer, my, my, my son. Nice. He's, he's there 46, he'll be 46 this year. Mm. Uh, and, um, yeah, sorry, yeah, 46, 77 he was born. But I, I got him out of pro lessons because mm. I knew how difficult it was when I started. I thought, you got to get in really early, you know? Yeah. yeah. Did you know Did you know boxing was over for you? Like, you hadn't retired then, right? 77? Yeah, no, I no, retired in 77. Yeah. I retired in 1980. I had nine years. 80, yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to, to ask about that in closing, John, about yeah. 1980, because obviously you lost the rematch to Saad Mohammed in 70, uh, 1980, early 1980. Yeah, yeah. 79 then you had one more fight. 79 and 80 with Saad Mohammed. Yeah. Two fights. So the second fight. The second yeah. fight, which was kind of disappointing from, from, yeah. from a contact perspective. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, um, you had one more fight, which you won in five rounds yeah. against James Dixon in Liverpool. What was what was that about? Were, were you determined to I just come wanted back to and get, get out on a high or did you want... I wanted to Go get on. out on a high, or, or, or let's say a win. Right. And I That's knew it was I the end. I knew it was. It wasn't. Yeah. I, I couldn't give it anymore. I think the. I, I, I'm not blaming this. But it's open, you know. I think the alcoholism was catching up on me. Then my lifestyle outside the ring was catching, and I, my mind was all or nothing. I'm a, I say I'm a Gemini. I say, no, I'm not. Yes, I am. Well, maybe. I used. <laughs> I used to be indecisive, but yeah. now I'm not quite sure. But <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. all or nothing. Now some of the guys are different. They're all different balance. Some can go longer and further, and what, and even when they cross the line, and uh, they, they go on and on, and like you know, whatever it is, or, or they go and, and sometimes in a good way, they regain the title, and blah blah blah. But no, that was me, that was my personality, all or nothing. I just felt no, it was over the top. Uh, I was finished then, you know, I couldn't respond. And I think my lifestyle outside was there uh, taking its toll, and I thought, right, okay, yeah. after one more fight and retire. And you don't have yeah, any, sure. you don't have any other um ailments. Uh, from boxing, like your career, no, no, no memory nothing. issues, no. No, nothing. Wow, that's incredible. No, no, not only I, I think, uh, no, a boxer's a boxer's going to miss two punches to get one in. A pure yes. fighter's got to take two. He's going to take two punches to get one in. Yeah. You know, the, the, Rocky Marciano, Joe yeah. Frazier, that yeah. type of fight. Uh, yeah. Great fighters, you know, mm -hmm. you'll get to it. That's why I say eight out of ten. I think a great boxer will beat a great fighter eight yeah. out of ten. Why? Because yeah. a great boxer is a great fighter at that level. Yeah. Because they've got to be able to fight. They've got but to be I'm able to fight. Your, I'm talking about okay. So you had your amateur career, you had your professional career, and you fought great fighters. But not only that, there's sparring and there's that everyday sparring, and so you never get you'd never be getting buzzed or hit in the in the ring. Uh, like, like no. how are you so clear today at? You know what I mean? That I'm sorry, I don't. I forget how old you are right now. I'm 72 in May. I'm 72 and next month. And you're as clear as like a 30 year old. I, it's it almost doesn't make any sense. Well, for me, I can say I just thank God He gave me a, it's God as I understand them anyway. Number uh -huh. one, uh -huh. answers that. Uh, number two, number one, and number two, I was lucky with my style. And again, He gave me the gift of like being able to miss two punches to oh, get one yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I didn't take as many punches as a pure fighter. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and and also yeah. the, those decisions of getting out when I knew it wasn't there. You know, it just yeah, wasn't yeah. like I wouldn't be yeah. able to respond.
Because he's only 30 years old when he got out. He's 29, 30 when he got out. Uh, okay, so that helped. I mean, I know I got out when I was like 25, 26. So it was early. Were you really people. that young? Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. God. Yeah, but I, why you're still the for me, it wasn't the decision. That Michael, I, I didn't, I didn't hear the last half a minute because my wife was ringing in. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's funny. We should let him get out of here. Michael, we should let him get out of here as professionally as possible. By the way, no, she <laughs> thinks I've gone down to the. She thinks she's I've gone down to the West End. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so we owe <laughs> He's back on it again. Yeah, yeah relapse. Relapse. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You used to get taxi drivers to pick you up. I remember in the. It's in this book. I, I don't want to go on forever. I think we need to let go soon. But in this autobiography, John does mention it God. came out in um, nineteen eighty. Yeah, Peter Bat. Yeah, Peter Bat wrote it. Great writer. And John said, if he'd ever row with his missus and she'd kick him out the car, whatever, he'd get. He just hitch a lift, and he said a lot of people, including cabbies, like to pick him up because he's a massively yeah. famous then yeah. we're like oh, i've got john conte in the car you know and he he gets to give him a lift back down the west end and he'd get back yeah. on it or so it's anyway. take 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 me back take me back to the lines den <laughs> yeah exactly listen john i don't want to yeah. uh subject the marital status to any more for, you know any more duress than it needs to be so all i want to say is it's been a massive pleasure as always i mean i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a little spoiled because i get to talk to you quite a lot but michael first time i'm glad yeah. to introduce you to fellas to each other yeah, and I, thanks, Michael. And also, I hope I've, I don't know, I'm going to go away. The head will go. You know, Ben, what I'm saying about this and start saying, you shouldn't have been saying this and you should have, you've exposed yourself to most, blah, blah. You've gone yeah. on too much. What, so, what do you think? What can I say, John? You're intense. You are intense. That, that is you. You're, there's so much going on up here and you are, you are a very intense human being. And I've, that's part of your, that's part of your beauty as far as I'm concerned. I yeah, know John, what to expect because I speak to him. I think, I think it's bigger than that. I think I'm in I'm in the marquee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You said I'm in ten. But I I'm love in marquee. the comedian thing because it's such One a juxtaposition between the intensity and the philosophy with the yeah. kind of Tommy Cooper type one-liners. You know, Jimmy definitely type yeah. one-liners. And it's I think I can a, beat that. I think I can beat that fighter juxtaposition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's got a good. Exactly. I know he's got a good left hook, but I think I can beat him. <laughs> I want to fight juxtaposition. <laughs> on that note John thank you very much former WBC like Edward Chapman right. recovered alcoholic and legend alright all right, Michael, Michael see you God bless I really appreciate you right. thank you so much John thank you. you're a legend cheers bro okay we hope you enjoyed as much yeah. as we did thanks Ben okay see you later cheers bro cheers. cheers Sports Social Podcast Network Step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.